So the executive order game is not the only game in town when it comes to what happens inside uh, the Beltway. Uh, let's get past the numbers of orders and talk about the effects of them. I know the headlines have been a lot about the numbers. You have to add other things, regulations, increased taxes, and what that really means to our small business environment. And when you think of a small business, I know most people often think of a mom and pop, but I would urge you to understand the IRS definition of a small business, and then you'll see why, if up to even a valuation of $250 million, that's a lot of people that are hired by small businesses across America. So it's an important distinction and a need to understand what exactly is a small business. Representative Blaine Lutkemeyer joins me from Missouri's 3rd District. Uh, great to have you here, Blaine. How are you doing this morning? Well, we're doing well, David. We're uh, digging out from the snow and cold, but uh, we're going to make it. It's, it's another <laughs> challenge for us, but, um, you know, that's the way winter is, so we're, we'll get through it here. Exactly, and there will be a spring and there will be a summer. Uh, now let's look at what's going on because it is a cold approach to the economy, and you want to talk about a chilling effect, increased regulations, increased taxation, and what that means to our economy. Uh, what's, what's the effort on your side of the aisle, on the Republican side of the aisle, to do something about this uh, when it comes to the Biden-Harris administration? Well, you know, as you know, uh, we're in the minority both in the House and basically in the Senate, as well as the Democrat in the White House. So our ability to legislatively impact this is, you know, minimal to begin with. And uh, right now, the administration and the, the Democrats in the House and Senate seem to be intent on doing everything without any input from us whatsoever. We just spent hours and hours and hours last week working on this new stimulus package, which, quite frankly, the Wall Street Journal says we don't need, as well as many of us, and we had almost no input. In fact, we got almost, I don't know that anybody even got a single amendment in the entire House on all of the, I think it was nine different committees that held hearings on that, on their portions of the bill. I'm not sure we got even one amendment on all of those uh, committees uh, at all. So it's being we're being shut out of the process. And so what leaves us then with the oversight part of this, which we need to be uh, studying this, investigating it, uh, pointing out when there are problems. You know, we provide the oversight accountability to this administration, and we're going to do that. We're going to ask for studies. We're going to have outside people investigate. And when we see something wrong, we're going to bring the, the spotlight on that to show that, hey, hey, this is not the way we need to be doing this. You know, uh, I'll give you a quick example. We've got the National Federation of Independent Businesses, which is a small business association. They've got a recent study that came out, I think, the 25th of January, I believe it is. And they say that uh, the, uh, the, um, the minimum wage would hurt uh, our economy by costing it 1.6 million jobs and total output in the country of two trillion dollars. When we put those sort of that kind of information out there from credible sources, we can put pressure on them to make them answerable to why this is happening. Same thing with the Wall Street Journal piece that shows that uh, basically if you did nothing, our economy is going to recover. We don't need this extra one trillion or almost two trillion dollars worth of stimulus. Uh, by the end of the year, they think we'll have uh, another percent and a half of unemployment knocked off. Uh, so. It, it, our job is to continue to point out where they're wrong, 
continue to investigate, to to raise the awareness of this, put the political pressure, the pressure from the, the consumers on these folks to make sure they don't do something really, really stupid. Well, yeah, and uh, being in the minority, as you accurately point out, uh, the ability to legislate to that point of the NFIB, and they had state board meetings last week, as a matter of fact, uh, various states, I don't know the final count. They reflected what you just said in uh, in a few of those state board meetings. I know some of the members that were in those meetings, and they recounted similar back to me. You can't do much at the congressional level to be effective. Oversight is only really about exposing to be real uh, blunt about it when it comes to telling people what's going on. But congressional delegations can work in the state of Missouri, your district to the west of St. Louis, a pretty good sized district encompassing a few towns of some note as far as size like Jefferson City. Uh, your district, your delegation in the state can work with your state representatives to push back wherever you can. You may not get relief from federal, but maybe at the state level, there can be some coordination. Uh, that sounds to me like an effective strategy. Is that something that the Republicans are considering where they have uh, that state level <laughs> effect? Yeah, we have, David. And, uh, you know, we when the pandemic started, um, our delegation had weekly calls with the governor and his staff about, you know, how the pandemic was going, you know, how the research was going for vaccines, what we need to be doing with the PPP program. All of those things were discussed. And through those discussions, we encouraged him to open up Missouri, <clears throat> believing that the costs for staying locked up were going to be more than and cause more deaths than uh, the um, than the pandemic itself, the COVID itself. And I said on the COVID, uh, I did sit on the COVID uh, select committee, so I was you know, feeding the information all along about, hey, look, we've got a study that shows you're going to 50% more deaths are going to occur because of the lockdowns than they are because of COVID if you don't get people back to work, kids back to school. So we opened up. The governor agreed with us, and he opened up in mid-May, and we had a record year last year in Missouri. And so uh, we got 5% increase in revenues in 2020 over 2019. Um, we've got a 4.4% uh, unemployment rate, and there's 200,000 jobs at the end of the year that were going unfilled. So we can point to things like that and show that the policies that are being implemented and being pursued right now by some of the Democrat governors in blue states and, and the administration itself don't work. And we've got templates for how you can get this done and still keep a uh, you know, minimum uh, number of deaths and hospitalizations uh, out there. And if you look at uh, what we're doing in Missouri, our numbers are falling like a rock right now. So uh, I think, you know, the temple is there for how things can be done. We just have to push it, advertise it, promote it, and show them that there is a better way to do this and keep pushing and pushing hard. Well, that push needs to have and hopefully will have some traction <laughs> behind it. Uh, look, as you said, and again, accurately said, the Republicans in the House are in the minority. You're effectively in the minority in the Senate. And there are Republicans who may not step into the realm of fiscal sanity within the Senate. Uh, we're not all, uh, if you will, in agreement on these fiscal issues. We have this huge proposal, and, and you know, I would say from my end, these are my words, ridiculous amounts of bailouts and borrowing against our future being proposed by the Biden administration. Are there areas where Republicans may bring 
either lawsuit, if possible, against the Biden administration on some of these regulations and some of this rampant spending. Uh, There are organizations and and entities out there that don't need bailouts. We don't need to give millions to Planned Parenthood, millions to the Kennedy Center, millions to these Christmas tree projects under COVID relief. Well, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, what you've seen and and you're bringing lawsuits by associations, as you mentioned, David, is exactly the way that this needs to come with either the states suing the federal government uh, because of a commitment that they made, breaking contractual uh, relationships that they had established, uh, the pipeline people, the people at the contract on a border wall, all those contracts are sitting there um, and and they're going to cost more money now to stop the project and let everything just sort of decay away uh, than to finish them up. And uh, which is, it makes no sense. Uh, of course, you know, socialism is, is not a, a sense of logical type of way of governing. And so they prove it again by what they're doing. But um, no, I think you're exactly right. I think uh, the various associations are affected by these crazy rulings and crazy uh, executive orders, states that are affected by them. They need to be suing and suing as fast as possible to get this turned around. Uh, you know, the, the, the Senate over the last four years has been, you know, uh, with the, the Trump administration and putting a lot of conservative judges in place. So now's the time to take advantage of that. Bring those cases in courts where we have some friends, hopefully more friendly anyway than what they have been, and uh, see if we can get something accomplished. Well, we will see uh, what actions, what attempts, and uh, in time, uh, maybe some success as well. Representative Blaine Lutkemeyer from Missouri's 3rd District. Uh, the district west of St. Louis. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure, David. Take care. Bye-bye.